Hello everybody, in this time we are going to talk about one of the most bestsellers book of the history. We are going to talk about Atomic Habits. Well, let's get started. If we want to change our lives, we are often told that we need to think big, make drastic changes, or perhaps even more across continents. But what if we could achieve major transformation just through small tricks to our daily routines? We all tend to overestimate the importance of single action and underestimate the power of making small improvements repeatedly over a longer period of time. Real changes come from the compound effects of hundreds of small decisions or small habits that, over time, accumulate to produce remarkable results. Changing the store lives, which is about the power and process of building good, good habits and breaking bad ones. Through examples from sport, business and education, along with evidence from psychology and neuroscience, the book explains the science and practical implication of how tiny habits and minuscule changes can grow into life-altering outcomes and help us lead healthier, happier, and more productive lives. There are basically four key insights from this book that we're going to talk about in turn. Firstly, we, all, we will talk about the power of 1% change over time. Secondly, why we should screw goals and focus on system instead. Thirdly, why it's all about identities rather than outcomes. And finally, we all look at what our boy James called the four fundamental laws of behavior change. So firstly, we does 1% matter? Well, it is all about the power of compounding. Compounding can be immensely powerful both positively and negatively if we leave it to develop over a period of time. If we can get 1% better each day for a year, we ended up 37 times better by the time we have done, but if we get 1% worse each day of the year, we will go down nearly to zero. As James said in his book, habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. Habits don't seem to make much difference on a given day, but the impact over months or years can be absolutely enormous. We can often think about these small changes just because it takes so long to see the results. This is something that is really a struggle with and I think it probably applies to everyone. We're so attuned in modern society to try and seek instant gratification that it's actually really hard to focus on things that have long-term benefits. Equal, equally, the slow rate of transformation also means that it's really easy to let bad habits creeping, like eating badly and not exercising. And when we repeat this 1% error day after day, they will accumulate into larger problems. As James says in his book, time magnifies the margin between success and failure and it will multiply whatever you feed it. Good habits make time your ally, and bad habits make time your enemy. One of the other key points from our James book 
is analysis of habits is what he calls the plateau of talent potential, which sounds all very fancy. Habits often don't seem to make a difference until we cross a critical threshold. We expect progress to be linear, but the key aspect of any key component process is that the outcomes are delayed. This leads to an initial value of disappointment, where we don't feel we're making progress as the result don't follow the linear trajectory that we expect and so we just give up because we are not getting the result we want but as we can see from the graph it doesn't take time to build a habit allows the component in the compound interest of self-improvement to take hold and give us amazing results over time key point number two from the book is to screw goals and focus on your system instead. James identified four many problems with goal setting. Firstly, winners and losers have the same goals. Every Olympian wants the gold medals. Every candidate wants the job. And so it can, it can be the goal that actually differentiates people. Secondly, achieving a goal is only a monetary change. Sure, it might be able to pluck up the activation energy to bring myself to clean my room but if i continue to my ways mad habits and system that lead to the room getting messy in the first place i'm just gonna be left with a messy room again in a few days time in this way we achieve a goal we only change our life for the moment we get this t temporary result instead what we really need to change is the system that caused those results in the first place. Thirdly, James argues that goals restrict our happiness. There is an implicit assumption behind any goals, and that is once I reach my goals, then I'll be happy. And so we end up continuously putting off happiness until the next milestone. Finally, goals are adults with long-term progress. There are another really nice quote here. The purpose of setting goals is to win the game. The purpose of building system is to continue playing the game. Like for me, with this YouTube channel, I deliberately don't have any goals for it because what is the point? And maybe say, say to myself, my goal is to hit a million subscribers by next year or whatever, but I'm not trying to win YouTube by hitting certain subscriber count. I just love the process of making this video and it's fun, it's great and it makes money and it's sustainable and I want to continue playing the game. I don't want to try to win the game. It, it is the idea between the system and the goal and says you're playing the sport. In every sport the goal is to have the best score on the scoreboard at the end of the game but it would be ridiculous to spend all the game looking at the scoreboard because it wouldn't help you anyway. So in fact, if you just ignore the, so the score the entire time and just focus on the better process or playing better way or better scheme or strategy, then you probably would end up with the best score. I think Bill Wash, he was the Super Bowl winning head coach for the San Francisco 49ers. He had this quote, the score takes care of itself. It thinks, I think, that probably applies a lot of tracking and measuring. So now we have seen why systems are so important. Key point number three is another quote from the book, and that is, identity change is the north star of the habits. 
we have we have got outcomes on the outside concerned with changing the result and then processes related to our habits and system and finally our identity which is related to our beliefs most of us work from outcomes to identify rather than identify to outcomes but as our boy james says the ultimate form of intrinsic motivation is when our habits become part of our identity when we solve the problems in terms of outcomes and results we only solve them temporarily but to solve problems in the longer term at the system level we need to change our identity this point really resonates resonate with me when i first read the book i've been struggling personally with eating healthy and going to the gym for the last several years and before i just have an outcomes based way to look at this so i used to think i want to get rid of my belly fat therefore i'm gonna follow tim's low carb diet therefore i will be a healthy person but since reading the book i know they have more of an identity based approach to looking at this so i try to think in my bed in my head i'm a healthy person therefore as a healthy person i will eat wholesome food and exercise regularly and then one day maybe i'll look like saquefron we'll see how that goes and finally points number four at this point we are thinking okay cool i'm sold on the idea of building useful habits I'm sold on the idea that it is all about tiny improvements over a very long time and that is all about system rather than goals but how do we actually build those habits in the first place how do we overcome that difficulty we are well I'm glad you asked because we can actually split up the process of building habits in our four stage good carving response and rewards the cool triggers the brain to initiate an action the craving provides the motivational force the response is the action or habits that we perform and the rewards is the end goal and these these four things cool craving response and rewards which leads to what james Kerr called to four laws of behavior change the first law is make it obvious and it relates to design our environment around our coast. I applied this to my life just to another day actually. So far, for the last year plus, I have been taking a tablet called Finesterize to combat my hair loss. And in fact, people have been commenting on the videos, Ali, your hair looks thinner, so thank you. But recently I realized I was vitamin D deficient and well because I spend so much time in front of the computer and don't even leave the house and so I got all the vitamin D tablets but I keep on forgetting to take them and I realize the reason I keep forgetting to take them it's because we are on the other side of the kitchen to find a story that I take every day as a habit so uh, all I did was move the vitamin D tablets over the other side of the kitchen uh, and now I see them in front of my finest rate and therefore I take both tablets every night so I just little change that is how build habits almost immediately 
kind of the principle of environment design in general, which is you want to put fewer steps between you and the good step behaviors and more steps between you and the bad ones and imagine the cumulative impact or living on, in an environment that expose you that the clue the cause of the position habits and reduce the clues of your negative habits it's kind of like you are just gently being nudged in the right direction each day the second law is the make it attractive which relate relate to the grabbing aspect of the habit loop and tries to take advantage of what we know about dopamine as humans we are motivated by anticipation of rewards so making habits attractive will help us stick to them and in fact one of the make it attractive things that it did before going to the gym is that I start listening to fantasy audiobooks on Audible and this would be perfect time to do an Audible plug but sadly no one is sponsoring this video so I hope you enjoy this ad-free experience. The third law is making it easy and the aim here is to reduce the friction to prime our environment for habits that we like to develop. There is a phrase that I like to think I came up with but I probably actually read it somewhere and then just forgot to go cite the source. Anyway, the phrase is friction is the most powerful force in the universe. I even seen so many times in my own life like everything I can do to reduce the friction to make doing a good think slightly easier will pay dividends in the long run like having a piano right next time having a guitar right next to my desk means that my default procrastination when I can't bother to do any work or film video is that I will play the guitar or practice some stuff on the piano like reducing the friction make it far more likely for me to do things and the fourth law it makes it immediately satisfying our brains have involved or prioritized immediate rewards over delayed rewards and the cardinal rule of behavior changes what is immediately reward is repeat and what is immediately punished is avoid we get short term burns of dopamine from going through the McDonald's drive-thru or scrolling aimlessly through Instagram, making us more likely to repeat these bad habits to develop better habits. James says that we should try to attach some form of immediately gratification so we can make the habits immediately satisfied. After regarding the book, I realized that I need to make this going to the gym thing more immediately satisfying. Sometimes I'm going to go to the gym afterward, I'll do my workout and then I will jump in the swimming pool, do like the length or two just for fun and then go to the spa and just kind of read a book for like 20 minutes. And this is really privileged and spoiled but the fact that I got those activities lined up after going to the gym makes the whole process of going to the gym more immediately satisfying which means I'm far more likely to do it. So by combining taste laws and the opposite we got those diagrams that comes from book. We want to ensure that our good habits are 
poisoned towards the left side of the spectrum to make them obviously attractive, easy and satisfying. And we want to work to make our bad habits more difficult by making the cues invisible, the action unattractive and hard and the rewards unsatisfying in an ideal world. We rarely stop to think about our own habits or plans for long-term change. When we start a new regime like going to the gym, the great power of atomic habits is the emphasis that it plays on system rather than goals, identity rather than outcomes, and small habits rather than drastic changes. There isn't a precise answer to how long it takes to build an habit, because habits are not finished line to cross, but a style to live. The key part of the remember is that small habits compound. Atomic habits may be individual small, but collectively and given time, they could hold remarkable power to bring remarkable change of, to our lives. Thank you very much for watching.